Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. And this week, something rather special has happened, which I will get into in just a moment. But I was reflecting. For some reason, I was recalling when I was a, a child, I don't know how old, four years old, five and I recall my mother trying to teach me to tie a bow in my shoelace. And it was just a week ago that I was trying to teach my granddaughter, four years old, tie a bow. It kind of left an impact on me, kind of the relativity of things, how these things just seem to transcend time, these moments I'm not talking about Einstein's relativity. I'm just talking about the relativity of life. Things seem to have a connection or be connected, sometimes in a timely way, but sometimes over decades of time. But our lives, our lives seem to be relative to all our experiences, the people in our lives, the reactions we have. Everything just seems to be interconnected. Maybe that's a, a better word for it, but relativity fits for me. Before we talk about the relativity as it pertains to the meaning of life, which is more or less the, the thesis of today's talk, but first, last Friday night, something very, very special happened within the pinwheel galaxy. There's a, a, a patch in one of the spiral arms of the galaxy that's just black. And last Friday, something appeared in that blackness out of nowhere, so it seemed. And that something was SN2023, a supernova. When a star dies and it, and it kind of melts down to its heavier elements and then gravity comes in and squishes everything, and then we have this cataclysmic explosion. But the supernova was visible, and I was able to capture it which if you would like to take a look at it, you can go to my website, selfcoaching.net, and go to the blog session. I'll post a picture of it there. The, the thing that, that gets me about SN2023 is that it appeared, and shortly it will disappear. But it's something that comes into our focus. And this something took 21 million years to get here. And there it is, from that black patch, Boom, supernova. Something appeared. Well, what does this have to do with self-coaching? Let me explain. So when we look at our lives, we, we tend to think of it in, in terms of phases of our life. In that first phase, there's that child phase. Let's, let's group it for the child-adolescent phase. These are, these are the, the growing years where we are accumulating our our sense of life, uh, our sense of self. Uh, we, we tend to find these as educational years as we learn to tie bows in our, in our, in our shoes. 
and many, many, many other things. But let us focus not so much on the child years and the adolescent years, but let's let's talk about the middle years. And I'm going to just use a designation of, let's say, the 30s through the 50s. Let's call when you're 30 years old through your 50s right up until 60. Let's call that the middle part of your life. And the middle part of your life is typically spent in what I might call the acquisition phase. And that's where you typically go through this external whirlwind of doing and buying and competing and becoming and evolving and so on. And phew, these are years of seismic growth. As we form relationships, we establish our roots, our careers. And all the time, while enjoying this exuberance of life, this exuberance that, that kind of spreads out to external and external things, you know, those seemingly important things, how you look, how you dress, where you live, what kind of car do you drive, who can you impress, how much money do you make, and so on. Again, I say, phew, these are tumultuous times where we are very much trying to acquire and kind of establish a presence in life. An external presence, how people see us is very important, our status. But then at some point, middle age begins to, well, ever so gradually, it begins to yield to, let's, let's call it our post-middle age life. And I want to call it old age or the golden years. Let's, let's keep it neutral. The post middle age period in our life. Now, as we as we gradually get into this post phase, if you're not neurotically clinging to your lost youth, then you'll be in a position where you can begin to kind of settle some of that restlessness, you know, that that need to acquire more things. You can begin to become a bit less compulsive about those externals. They just seem less essential. Not unessential, but less essential. We start to just reflect a little bit. You know, it's as if the train is approaching the station. We're beginning to see things differently. And that's that's why I started out by calling all of this the relativity of things. Because during the middle years, you know, we are so engaged externally, pursuing, acquiring, gaining ground, competing with others, uh, that, that we're distracted from perhaps the inner. But as we approach that station, as we start to gradually go from the middle years to the post-middle years, we begin to have a different relative feeling about life. And I, and I said this earlier, it's, it's if you are not clinging to trying to regress and recapture your youth, if you're not doggedly clinging to that, then you have a chance to see or to begin to see things a bit differently. Things that, you know, mattered so much just a few years ago, a decade ago, you start to start to see them in a different light. And you see someone younger than you yourself just pursuing that treadmill of things and acquiring. And, and you kind of look at it and just 
realize that, you know, that's that's so superfluous to what really matters. And you're starting to sense a pull towards, well, what does matter? Now, you're not quite there. And we're talking about the early 60s. You're not quite there yet. But there is this rumbling. There is this transition where the relativity of things now is being challenged by a new insight, not one articulated. What I mean by that is that the insight itself is is not really like, I have this insight and now I'm going to articulate my... No, it's, it's more or less a vague kind of concept that things are shifting, things that matter are kind of transitioning to a different kind of things that matter. We matter more. Something in us matters more. It begins. As I said, the train is approaching the station. We're not at the station. Now, of course, not everyone transitions from the middle years to the post-middle years graciously. For some, the concept of growing older just starts a rumbling, a deep rumbling of anxiety, insecurity. It's kind of a feeling like we're we're losing some control. As we, you know, maybe because, you know, everyone talks about the retirement age of 65. As we as we enter the 60s, these rumblings of retirement, winding down, it could have a very disquieting effect. And that's particularly for the the the, the post-middle agers who are just unwilling to let go of trying to control life, trying to not allow time to march on. I remember the, the million-dollar movie when I was a kid, and, and you've probably seen this in some of the old movies where they have the calendar and the, the pages are flipping by and as time marches on. And for some, they're trying to stop that calendar. They're trying to stop the clock. They don't want time to go on. They want to cling to youth because that's the only the only shiny object they know. Youth, acquisition, things, and growing older, winding down. Well, that can't happen. That happens to other people. Remember when you were a kid and you saw an elderly person? Well, that wasn't going to happen to you. You know, there's some kind of a, uh, I guess, I guess it's a form of denial, even even at a young age, that uh, I'll never, I'll never get to, I'll never grow old. And sometimes when you see a very elderly person, it's hard to almost imagine that they were once in the child phase, the adolescent phase, the middle stage. It, it's almost hard. We, we we see an elderly person, and we we kind of feel like they've always been this elderly person. We don't see them as they were in their youth. And I see it a lot with elderly people who are trying to establish themselves as not being elderly, trying to compete. You know, there are masters track clubs and people run marathons in their 90s. There was a a person in Canada, I think his name was Sanjun Singh, if I'm not mistaken. He ran the uh, marathon, I believe it was up in Canada, at 102 years old. We're trying to 
reverse the arrow of time. <laughs> so I guess, I guess in many ways, some subtle, some not so subtle, we just want to cling to our youth. We don't want to transition to a phase where we feel out of control or loss of control, maybe not out of control, where we relinquish some control. Things change as you get older. Of course, the gray hair, uh, gravity has its effect on our body. Our muscles don't respond the same way. We don't heal as quickly. We get sick more often. Those, those are the downside. Those are the, the negatives. And sometimes, you know, the people that get really spooked by the post-middle age phase, that's all they're focused on. They're focused on the downside of growing older. And, you know, it's not inappropriate to recognize that these things happen. But for some, uh, especially someone who wants to deny that I'm not going to get old, I'm going to stay young, that creates a psychological friction. Because as much as we would like to control life, if not reverse it, the concept of, of trying to control the movement of our life through time can only do one thing. It creates psychological friction. It creates emotional imbalance. And eventually, it creates anxiety and or depression. Now, not necessarily a full-blown anxiety or depression, but a depressive kind of pale, a kind of a shroud that we, we start to just not feel as happy with ourselves, with our lives, because now the best part of our lives is over. You often hear um, the adage that youth is wasted on the young. Well... But that's what youth is about. You see, when you're young, you have forever. So you could squander and do things recklessly. But as you get the relativity, as you move towards post-middle age, you you have that that relative feeling of what, what is important versus what is truly unimportant. So you tend to kind of, you know, circle the wagons a bit and realize that squandering life is really not a wonderful option you start to realize that the weight of mortality is not necessarily a bad thing. It's an orienting thing. It gives us the relativity to understand that life is precious, that we need to understand that we don't have forever. Can you imagine if you had forever? I mean, to me, that would be a treacherous thing to, to befall mankind, humankind, I should say. Because if you had forever, you'd become a sloth. You'd just kind of lay around, not do much. You could always, there's always tomorrow. You know, if you have to get a job, well, you'll get a job. You'll feed yourself. But, you know, if I had forever, I don't think that I would be moving towards trying to make better use of my time. I think I would become very much adolescent about it. Just kind of chill, as they say. So as you approach, and I say you, we all we all go through these phases, if we're lucky. You know, as they say, you know, what's the alternative? If we're lucky, we all go through the middle phase, the post-middle phase. It's not like you're different or you're cursed or you have to be the only one that ever gets into the post-middle phase. Everyone does. So you're not alone. What's really important is how you 
perceive the transition. And there's two words that really make a big difference. You're either yielding to what is, or you're resisting. And if you're resisting, of course, then uh, there's going to be that friction I mentioned. And if you're fortunate enough to transition by a yielding with life's flow, and you're going along with the natural evolution, not just of your body, but of your mind, of your emotionality, and you recognize there's more to life than chasing shiny objects. And I'm sorry if I offend any Porsche, Porsche 911 owners, but it's true. Things that just once seemed crucial to our happiness in our middle years, middle phase, now get delegated to a junk heap of discarded, often misguided pursuits and illusions. And these are the things that once seemed so important. I've got to have that sports car. And I've got to have that house on the hill. Oh, it's so important. With yielding, we begin to see that things outside of ourselves, well, you know, they're nice, but things are temporary. Things come, things go. I have a cousin who lost his house in the last hurricane in Florida. Beautiful house. But it was just a thing. He and his family were safe, were rescued. And that matters. But the house, as much as it mattered, as depressing as it was, well, that's no longer here. But he and his family are here. So as you transition, you start to realize that things that used to matter are, are kind of transient. They come, they go, but sometimes they lose their, their glow. You know, sometimes we, all these things we're so infatuated with, sometimes we, we tend to move on. The infatuation begins to die. We see things more clearly. And as you continue to mature, that becomes a little bit easier. If and now I caution you, if you're not resisting, if you are yielding to life's flow, or should I say the flow of life, if you are yielding to that, then things start to become more apparent. If you are resisting the flow of life, then you don't progress. You more or less remain locked. Or let's put it this way, you are rigidly clinging to what was rather than what is. But don't, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with the mid-years of our lives. I know I've, I've kind of talked almost in a disparaging way. But those mid-years, the 30s up until 60, you, know, we can't expect, you can't expect to have you know, the perspective, the, the relativity, or the wisdom that's offered in the next phase of life. So it's not that young people are doing something wrong. This is a very fundamentally important part of life, that acquisition phase. But you can't have the wisdom and the knowledge and the sensitivity that comes from a full lifetime. But nevertheless, when you get into that post-middle year phase, and you see someone like Sisyphus who kept trying to roll that, that rock up the hill and every time he get closer, it would roll down and he'd have to roll it up. And how sad it is to see someone trying to Sisyphus-like desperately 
trying to reverse the inevitable hands of time. You know, it's 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 a fool's errand. It's not going to happen. Now, don't think that those that are trying to reverse the hands of time are in the minority. Far from it. You know that the anti-aging market in the United States alone is a 60-plus billion dollar industry. 60-plus billion dollars yearly. Spent on all kinds of things and creams and cosmetics and surgeries and yeah, you're not in the minority if you're trying to slow down the hands of time. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that that's a terrible thing. It's not. But as I said earlier, you can't control life's flow. You might be able to manipulate it somewhat for some period of time, but you can't control it. You can't make it be what you might want it to be. I remember my mother-in-law in her late 90s. She had one of the best and I think most sincere expressions for yielding to life. And she would say, you get old, you get ugly. <laughs> you get old, you get ugly. Now, you probably gasp hearing that. But she truly was yielding to what was. She recognized that who she was in her 90s was who she was. She wasn't being pretentious or trying to avoid that. She accepted it head on with courage. You get old, you get ugly. So by yielding, what we have is an opportunity, an opportunity for psychological maturity. Maybe that's kind of a goal of life is to, to go from psychological immaturity to maturity. In fact, I call it the child reflex. These are life's whiners. You know, these are the ones that, you know, they are always complaining and life is this and that, and they're never happy and you know, there's anxiety and there's depression, and yet they're childlike. They're not handling life. They're victims. Psychological maturity, well, that's the ability to handle life head on. No deflections, no denial. It's learning to live courageously by accepting what is rather than what was. I don't know, from a self-coaching perspective, psychological maturity is a big deal. Because anything less than handling life winds up with insecurity steering, where we try to compensate for insecurity by worrying, by denial, by avoiding. You know, so anything that's not handling life head on is not living a mature psychological life. So no matter what phase of life you're in right now, and if you are in the young middle years, you may feel like you're the cat's meow. You've got everything in front of you. God bless. It's a great, great time of life. If you're in the post-middle years and the later post-middle years, this is also an opportunity. An opportunity to grasp something that the younger middle-aged person is going to have to wait for. But you're in a position to move towards that something that is beyond just shiny 
It's kind of the essence, the translucent essence of who and what we are. The meaning of who and what we are. So if you're in that latter phase, which I am, I say, let's enjoy the ride. Let's be more present. You know, tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Every day is an opportunity, a universe, a supernova. Something that wasn't there can appear. Something that can have a startling impact on our lives. So I guess my advice, my self-coaching advice, is to see all of life as relative. Each phase as it transitions to the next. If you are fortunate enough to be courageous enough and not hobbled by insecurity, then it's certainly a lot easier to flow with life. But if you find yourself regretting not going forward, anticipating the post years with trepidation and fear, well, you've, that's insecurity. Insecurity is what will cower you. It will bring you to your knees. And you'll miss the opportunity to make every phase of your life a dynamically rich and psychologically brutal time in your life. So if you want meaning in your life, first recognize that trying to control life's inevitable flow is, oh, it's, I was going to say a fool's errand. It's actually dumb. It's, it's dumb. Because life itself cannot be controlled. The illusion that we can do things vis-a-vis control, reverse time, not move on, it's just, it's just foolish. It's childish. So make sure you're not in a state of denial. Be courageous enough to accept the flow of your life. And what choice do you have? You know, eventually you're going to capitulate one way or another, but you're not going to enjoy the ride getting there, if you've insisted, or I should say more correctly, if you've allowed insecurity to insist, no, 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 I don't want to grow older. You're not going to enjoy the ride. You're not going to be able to be present. You're not going to be able to make every day its own little universe with the potential for that supernova to burst into the scene. So what are you doing right now? Ask yourself, what am I doing right now to live correctly? Where's my head at? Am I worried about something that's going to happen tomorrow? Am I looking back and regretting things I've done? Where are you right now? Are you living correctly? Are you living more presently in the moment? Now, again, the younger person has a more difficult time sometimes with this because they have all the time in the world. Why not squander a few days, weeks, months? But as you grow older, you realize there's something a little more precious about each day. And that's an opportunity. It's not a, it's not a negative. It's a positive to be able to appreciate your day more, to live your day more correctly, more maturely. That's a positive. That's a real positive. And to become more responsive to your life. See, when you flow with life, life is all about change. Moment to moment, year to year, everything changes. Things impact us. And to be able to be responsive to those changes is to flow. 
to rigidly be worrying about something and trying to control tomorrow's outcome or next week's outcome or tonight's outcome, to flow with your life. Be responsive. Sometimes you need to be reactive. So there's no question that if you become responsive to life, more open to life, more courageous about life, each decade of your life will shed more and more light on what really matters, on the meaning of your life. Uh, there's that word, the meaning of your life. Now, all right, let me give you, give you a hint on how to get to the meaning of your life. Well, first of all, don't think you're going to figure it out. You're not going to sit down or go to a mountaintop in the Himalayas and you're going to find the meaning of life. It's not going to come intellectually. You're not going to be able to squeeze yourself and figure out, ah, so now I've decided this is the meaning of life. No, you're not going to find it intellectually. It, the meaning of your life, has to find you. And I'll give you a hint. It's like SN 2023, the supernova. What was once invisible can suddenly appear. And it won't even take 21 million years to appear. <laughs> and I'm going to leave you with this. If you really want to find the meaning in life, there's a Zen adage that says it eloquently at least in my estimation. When the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. Let life be your teacher. And remember, if you'd like to take a look at my supernova, go to uh, my website, selfcoaching.net, and in the blog section, I'll post the picture of that. And while you're there, you might want to take a look at some of my self-coaching books, my philosophy, etc. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me every week, and let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams Don't surrender, there is more than it seems Hold on and fight, follow